This is the MyMac Podcasting Network. MyMac Podcast 342. Adobe goes all marsupial. You're listening to the G-Men on the MyMac.com podcast. And welcome, everyone, to the MyMac.com podcast number 342. Of course, this is Guy. And as always, I am joined, well, not always, but usually I'm joined by Gaz. Gaz. I'm thinking you've watched The King's Speech recently. The the King's Speech? What's Oh, oh, that's a movie. I, no, I haven't yeah. seen that. Uh, it's just the way that MyMac.com podcast. <laughs> Hi, Guy. How are you? I'm doing fine. So I guess you are back from... The wilds of uh, Nashville, Tennessee. How, how did yeah. that all go? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, on the last evening, yes, we got in at about three in the morning. Ooh. So mm. that's, I, that's I, when you got back home. Was it three in the morning? No, no, no. That's when I got back to the hotel. <laughs> oh, <laughs> last evening in Nashville. Yes, oh. we're out. We're out partying. Where where'd you go? Any place oh. uh, anybody would have heard of, or was it just a local uh, honky tonk? J- yeah, just just local bars. Where did, they get where they have women dancing on the bars, you know that sort of thing. Oh, oh, oh! So it's like a church revival. <laughs> and and they're and they're they're collecting money. For, <laughs> they're, they're they're collecting money to 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 give to charity. You give me a stitch now. <laughs> now no no, it was people you know who were drinking in the bar, getting up there. It wasn't ladies of the night. As we like to say. Oh, 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 oh. So they had just, a stage for the people to get up and dance? Yeah, on the bar. That's, that's, um. Mind you, I'll tell you what made it a real pain when he was trying to get a drink. <laughs> it sounds kind of frightening. Anyway, nothing to do with my Mac there, really. No, no, but that's okay. <laughs> it's, it's not like we've ever gone off on tangents before. <laughs> now, um, for the, for everyone who heard the opening, and I'm sure you did. Uh, there was a very, very good reason why uh, Gaz, Gaz did the opening and actually had a little bit of trouble getting through it at the beginning because, you know, I figured that, you know, you, of course, being English, you would be able to do an Australian accent much better than I could. Well, at, yes. Yeah, at which point you insisted that <laughs> I I try. Yes. And that's what made it really, really hard to get through uh, the the very, yes. very beginning because I couldn't start. <laughs> and after after I heard your version, it was just hilarious. <laughs> Would you? I'll, I'll hilarious. do it. I'll do it right here. Well, you can if you like. Okay, my Mac Podcast three forty two. Adobe goes all marsupial. <laughs> yeah, see, that's that's um. That's my version <laughs> of an Australian yeah, accent. Every, every, everybody in England now is thinking Dick Van Dyke <laughs> in Mary, Mary Poppins. Mary Poppins. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, oh. Dear, the things we go through just to get a title. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, it's, it's, still, f- <laughs> it's still fun. Yeah, it is. Um, 
we have we have quite a bit to get through tonight. So why don't we go ahead and? Uh, and you said it was going to be a short show. No, 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 no. I don't see this one being a short show. But we'll see. <laughs> well, who knows? You know, every time I've said, "Oh yeah, we're going to be under an hour," we were like way over. <laughs> so maybe if I say, "Oh yeah, yeah," it's going to be more than an hour. It'd be like what thirty five minutes? What happened there? I don't know. I think we're already up thirty five minutes. <laughs> Getting close. <laughs> well, wh- why don't you take the first one? Um, okay, so you want me to say what's on the MyMac.com website, I assume? <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> well, it's it's a review by Elisa Pacelli. You say Pacelli and I say Pacelli. Yes, okay, Pacelli Pacelli. It's, I'm going to say it again. It's by Elisa Pacelli. Oh, oh. <laughs> you didn't have it ready you, then, did you? Oh, uh, no, I didn't. I clicked out of it. I got, yeah, you see, <laughs> I heard the first one and then I, I double whammied you. Well, actually, it's a review for Bento for the Mac, iPhone, and the iPad. And That's Bento 4, actually. Bento, yeah, should, oh, should yeah, yeah, yeah. As a matter of fact, that just came out. I got a, um, I got a download code for that. And I, I've tried it a little bit, but, but databases really aren't my thing. So <laughs> I'm going to have to work on it a little bit more. Um, this is probably the shortest review well, of I, I articles. Well, I'm thinking about it. Sorry to, sorry to interrupt you. If yeah, the databases aren't your thing, then Bento should be for you. Yeah, you know, I've, I've tried. I, I really have tried. The, the problem is the things that I, I kind of want to try to use it for, uh, online stuff, uh, you, you kind of need FileMaker for that, mm-hmm. you know, and especially if you want to, like, share documents and things like that. Yeah. Bento yeah. doesn't... Yeah, you know, and and of course it's because yeah, see, it, it's a I, personal I, I, database as compared to yeah. I once I once likened uh, Bento to like an iApp. No, no, I kind of likened it to Excel with a good decent UI. <laughs> <laughs> Is that even possible? Well, well, you know, in my warped sense. <laughs> yeah, well, we don't we don't know anything about that. But but a lot of people do rave about it. So go and go and take a look at the review. Okay. <laughs> the uh, the only other article we have for this, this is like the, the least number of articles ever. It's my the, Mac Lite. It, oh, it's definitely my <laughs> Mac Lite. And this is another one of the, and I don't know why this bugs me so much, that these little products have these ridiculous names. This is the GoFlex for Mac External Portable Hard Drives Review from Seagate by John Nimorowski. And... It's a external portable hard drive. <laughs> well done. Well done. One other thing, actually, if, you, if you're on the website and you're taking a look down, scroll down on the right-hand side, folks, because there's, there's something on there called Sites We Like. And I have to say that uh, I could recommend uh, pretty much all of those. Yeah, those are all good sites. Fearless Leader, <laughs> Fearless Leader Tim has very good taste in websites. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Maybe not so great in uh, podcast hosts, but, you know. <laughs> yes, but if we keep under the radar, we'll be all right. Guys. Yeah, shh, don't tell them, don't tell them. <laughs> uh, we got some feedback from uh, Twitter last week, and as a matter of fact, uh, I've decided to to uh, anoint Jolly Jap, Jolly Jape. You say Jolly Jape, I say Jolly Jap, you big yank tank. Who is the? Who I'm? I'm going to designate him as the official Twitter correspondent for the MyMac.com podcast. I have no idea how long that's going to last. He sent us two links to some kind of really weird Apple news, 
And I normally I wouldn't talk about this stuff, but but these are both so weird that I had to bring it up. Uh, one is called Find My iPhone Leads to Late Night Chase in Israel. I, I labeled this one News of the Weird. Mm, Appar- yes, I'm, I'm not sure about this. I read yeah. through this. No. Yeah, apparently a Tel Aviv uh, Israel resident got a little more than he bargained for when he accepted a ride from two men. When they began questioning him about where to find some possibly illegal late night activity, he left the car at the first opportunity, but soon realized he had also forgotten his iPhone. Using Find My iPhone from his laptop and an Android ha- Android handset, he tracked down the car as it was stopped at a stoplight and jumped in the back seat. The two men claimed to not know where the iPhone was, so he uh, he remotely rang it and found it in the front seat of the car. He then snatched it up and got back out. Okay, now that, that all sounds very good. Yeah. But it all sounds very good, but... <clears throat> He had his iPhone, then he didn't have his iPhone, and then he had his laptop. And then he tracked down the car, and he was at a stoplight. So he jumped in at the back seat, and then he's got his laptop, and then he remotely, you know, he's wired up to a wire. I'm not sure I fully follow all of this story, guys, to be honest with you. There's too many holes in it for me, but there you go. It could, well, don't, it could be true. Could don't be most true. people just, like, run through the streets of Tel Aviv, Israel, with, with a laptop and, and two telephones? Well, yeah, okay. I okay. know oh, I would. Yeah, yeah, okay. You, okay. you want to if, take the next it, one? I, I know it. I, yes, I, but I'm just going to follow up on that one because <laughs> okay. I know of, 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 an England rugby captain um, called Will Carling actually left his iPad or had his iPad stolen from him or left it on the train. Anyway, he tracked it while he was at home and he sent them some notes. <clears throat> and the person decided because of the notes that it was sending to take the laptop, the um ipad to the local police station and he tracked it while it was being taken to the police station <laughs> he rang the police station up told them all about it took some identification proved that it was his and got his ipad back brilliant brilliant <laughs> <laughs> and for the people for the person that stole his ipad that was just wrong well you, well let's put it this way you're not so sure because, of course, they might have intended to take it there all of the time. Yeah, let's saying, go with I'm that. Not so, I'm not saying anymore. <laughs> let's go with okay. that. Okay, so the next story that um, Guy thinks is uh, is quite nice, and this is totally uncorroborated, we oh, have yeah. to say. We'll say that from the start. And, um, and but, don't try this at home because it won't work. <laughs> it won't work anymore. <laughs> Well, the uh, unofficial Apple weblog has um, returned. Oh, so it's a story from the unofficial we- um, Apple weblog. Uh, someone returned an iPad with a note, simply to Apple, of course, simply saying, "Wife says no." Now, according to the stories, uh, <laughs> the story, a VP from Apple, having read the notice after it had been um, decided it was funny enough to uh, bring to their attention by the staff at the store, um, they decided to give the guy a break and send it back to him with um, a, a no charge and another note with an Apple uh, iPad 2 saying, Apple says yes. <laughs> <laughs> now... <clears throat> I've got some holes in this one as well. <laughs> Why, of course you do. Would you go back to an... Well, it could, if it was from T, uh, TUAW, it could be that they obviously just wanted to return it and they weren't going to... It was like a, a test 
um, iPad 2 for them to review and they were going to send it back because they didn't want to spend money on it and the, the reviewer obviously left that note on there. But would you just take an iPad back to a, a store with a note on it saying wife says no? Mm. Yeah. yeah anyway, not. if it happened, it, it's absolutely superb and an, another example of Apple's generosity. Allegedly. <laughs> well, there's more to that. There's more to that, actually. Oh, what? Because we now know that um, iPads in the UK will be available this coming Friday. In most likely very short supply. Well, they might be in short supply, but they've actually dropped the price by about £30 per model. Oh, really? Mm. Oh, mm. I, had, I hadn't heard that. Yes, they've, they've, the the price I think originally was four twenty nine for the base model, and it's now down to three ninety nine for the base model. And I think the equal drop has been taken up the the model range as well. Now, is that because of like <clears throat> changes in I currency? Think, I think I think that's what it is. A lot of people say, "Oh, why they done it? Why they done it? You know this this." That. And I think it's it's a simple view. It's an opportunity for them to take a long term view on the currency exchange rates. So that's what they're doing. I'm keeping my fingers crossed that they do the same thing if they have an upgrade of the Mac Mini. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I've I've also and you know this is totally off topic. Uh, I've also heard that. Uh, <laughs> well, what's new? Yeah, they're looking that, that there's uh, possible new iMacs coming very soon. Maybe as soon as next month. Right. Okay. Well, we could have the same scenario with that. Uh, with that as well. That's right. Because this this won't. If it is an exchange rate adjustment for them, then they will do it with other products. I believe. That would be nice. Now, did had they also taken any money off of? Uh, any of the other uh, other products, or had you not looked at them? Well, they haven't actually put the pricing up. They, the, the website hasn't been down yet, so we're we're awaiting. But the the prices have been announced. So the prices have been announced, but they haven't actually priced the product in the in the store because obviously they don't actually make it available until the day. Right. Um, so I think the store will go down, and then the store will come back up, and then we'll see if they've made any changes to other products. However, I think they'll only make the changes when they possibly have an upgrade to the products because it gives them a double whammy story. I think. Well, that's true. That's true. Uh, we have some more feedback from Tom Angles. Uh, if you know, long-time listeners will remember that we played the promo for his podcast, the Explorers podcast, a couple yep. of weeks ago. Yep. And um, he's got two questions here, uh, one of which strikes near and dear to my heart, but we'll get to that one uh, second. The first one is he's talking about worsening problems with a spinning beach ball on a 2009 MacBook with 1.5 terabytes of iTunes files on an external... Sorry? Sorry. Oh, we're having Skype problems. Sorry about that. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. Is it better okay. now? Let's keep our fingers crossed. Yeah, yeah. Well, I can hear you. <laughs> okay. Well, that's good. Yeah, because as soon as you were trying to – I guess you were trying to tell me Skype wasn't working, but Skype wasn't working, and I couldn't hear you. <laughs> Funny how that works. Um, Sorry about that. No big deal. Uh, his, first, his first one is worsening problems with a spinning beach ball on a 2009 MacBook – with 1.5 terabytes of iTunes files on an external uh, Western Digital hard drive. And he's asking, too much for the MacBook or something else? Now, I, I wish he'd given me a little more information here, because he doesn't say whether it's a FireWire or a USB drive, and that can make a huge difference. Um, I'm guessing that the drive itself has to be a 3.5-inch drive, since it's at least, I'm guessing, 2 terabytes. So... Yeah. 
the other thing that that he should be looking at is the speed of the drive, and <clears throat> I'm guessing it's got to be at least 5,900 RPMs, which I think is the slowest that you can get the three and a half inch drive these days. Uh, you might want to go to a slightly faster drive, and preferably with Firewire. And well, the other I'm, thing is, what else is running at the same time that you're running iTunes? Because, I mean, it, especially if, if you're trying to move video files back and forth, if you're playing them on your Mac or you're uploading them to an iPhone or an iPad or an iPod Touch, uh, that can slow that can slow down things quite a bit. Yeah, I suppose we've really got to find out a little bit more about when he's getting the um, the spinning beach ball, whether it's almost uh, immediate um, or whether it's, you know, when he's actually doing something within iTunes, uh, accessing that data. Right. And, uh, Tom, I, I hope you have a backup. <laughs> I just wanted to put that out there real yeah, quick. Yeah, I would definitely, definitely get the, the The first thing I would do straight away is back up that external hard drive. Yeah, just because in case I'd, there's a I'd problem be, with it. Yeah, I'd be concerned that the hard drive is, is having problems. Doesn't matter, And it doesn't matter how new it is, just get it backed up. Yeah, especially uh, with definitely. with 1.5 terabytes of data because, mm. you know, Apple, by contract to all the companies that supply them with content in iTunes, can only allow one download of the content. And that's not Apple that's the people that are the copyright owners of the content that Apple sells through iTunes. Yeah, get that get that data, that media uh, backed up straight away. Um, <clears throat> now, the, the only other thing, if it is a USB hard drive, the only thing I'd try is um, trying it in a different USB port because, of course, it yeah, could. Yeah, that's a good idea. There might, there might be a problem with the USB port. It could be something as simple as that. Sure. Now, this next one. <laughs> yeah, I do. <laughs> Oh, my, my, my. Uh, he, he writes, also, why? Oh, darn it. iCal <laughs> is giving me. We're, we're actually recording earlier than we normally do. And I've, I've got an iCal reminder set up to tell me that it's time to do the podcast. So just as I was getting ready to speak, did you hear that? Yes, yes, okay. I heard it. That was what iCal I, giving me a hard time. What I also like is the fact that um, this week you were doing it early, and last week you were doing it late. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and for me, it's about the same time. It's the same time every time. <laughs> I'm so confused. Uh, well, his next question is, why does GarageBand stop during a recording saying disc too slow? So frustrating. And my first little note, after reading that was if only we knew someone who had these same types of problems. <laughs> and for those who have no idea what I'm talking about, uh, up until a couple of weeks ago when I picked up this Mac pro, I was, you know, cause I use garage band to record the podcast. I was having very, very similar problems with a 2.16 gigahertz, uh, iMac where, you know, we would, and this would happen during interviews, which is so embarrassing, you know, we're, we're talking, we're having the flow of the show is going great. And then all of a sudden garage band stops and you get this error message saying disc too slow. And it just stops recording at that, at that point. And I'm not going to say that guy swears, but guy oh, swears. Oh yeah. I was, <laughs> I was not a happy podcaster. He says things like poopy pants. <laughs> well, I don't know if I'd go that far. <laughs> I mean, that, that's kind of strong language there. <laughs> now, um, this is the same kind of thing, Tom. You, you, you didn't really give us much in the way of, of um, some, some of the background of what's going on at the same time. I'm guessing that 
it's the same MacBook that you talked about in your earlier um, uh, request, earlier question. And uh, is this for your podcast? And remember that MacBook hard drives are running, I, I think the 2009 is at 5,200. It's a 2.5-inch drive, 5,200 yeah, RPMs. Know, sure and means. if you're on GarageBand and you have a lot of other programs running at the same time and there's a lot of, of data being written to your internal drive, sometimes it just can't keep up. That's what was happening with uh, with the MyMac.com podcast when I was recording on the, on the iMac with that 5,900 RPM drive. So I can only imagine it would be even worse if you're trying to record multiple tracks through GarageBand on a drive that's even slower. Um, some of the things I tried to do, and, and your mileage, of course, will vary, is I, I tried to make sure that there were no other apps running except for the ones that I, I obviously needed. And the one I think that is really going to suck down the bandwidth is going to be iTunes. So make sure that you have the least number of programs running as humanly possible do your podcast or whatever it is that you're using GarageBand for. And the other thing that I thought about was you might want to use an external drive, preferably Firewire, to actually record to, which is going to actually be faster because Firewire out, or in and out, isn't going to be able to go faster than what your drive can accept from your computer. So it's not going to bog the drive down. Um, did I did I say that right, more or less? I think so. <laughs> well, you're all welcome to to comment and send us feedback <laughs> and let me know that I'm just not speaking coherently. Um, the other thing you might want to consider if this is for your podcast is instead of using GarageBand, you can use something like uh, Ambrosia Software's Wiretap Studio, which is what Gaz uses for our backup recording, and use that instead of GarageBand, which is going to have much less of a strain on your, on yeah, your system. Yeah, I, I kind of use that for uh, the other podcasts I do as well, because I, I basically record in that, and I actually do some uh, a, a small amount of, well, majority of the editing, uh, and then I put it into um, GarageBand for the multi-tracks. Um, but that's because I can move the multi-tracks in. It's unlike, um, obviously, Guy, when he's recording, he wants to record both of us together, and, and he puts lots of other things in there as well. So if you're doing a fairly simple, straightforward podcast, then if you've got another recorder um, recording uh, capability, then do that and then drop it into um, GarageBand to put, to put all your extra stuff in, really. Yep. And uh, so, Tom, please get back with us and, and, you know, maybe answer a few of those questions. Please, if you can, and this would be great, if you could send it send it to us via our Skype number, which is 703 703- uh, what is our Skype number? I just lost my whole train of oh, thought. Guy, I'm oh, that is, that, that is a that podcast fail. That, that is, is a yes, podcast right. fail. It's 703-436-9501. Good God. You are, you are naughty today. Oh, man. Oh, man. Oh, man. And, so, or, or, of course, or, of course, he could just send it in on audio via email. Yes, and we'll accept <clears throat> we'll accept any of those. Now, we also got two Skype audio messages from the same person, and it just came in as a regular telephone number. But there was no audio on either one of the messages that I could hear that they sent to us. So, if you could, mystery caller, please 
Try again. Thanks very much for calling the first time. And And the second time. And the second time. If you could try again and again or send in the audio clip via email to feedback at mymac.com, that would be fan-dabby-dozy. Fan-dabby-dozy? I don't think I've ever heard that before. (laughs) You must have done. (laughs) And everybody... You've got to remember who I am. I'm a nitwit Brit. That's right. That's right. And as a matter of fact... Just because I haven't played it tonight. It's not Susie. It's Suze, you nitwit Brit. And on that I'm note... I'm surprised you haven't already shortened it, so you've just got you nitwit Brit. Well, I will after tonight. Thanks very much. <laughs> I'll, just, I'll just randomly put it in wherever it seems appropriate. I'll do, I'll do the same thing for, for Jolly Jap, <laughs> Big Yank Tank. And um, we need to take a break. So, everybody, please, stand by to... St- Stand by, and we'll be right back, 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 back. Hey there everyone, this is David Cohn from the Tech Fan Podcast. I'm driving to work through East Manchester at the moment, and as I worked my way through the traffic, past all the drug dealers and their blacked out Range Rovers, past all the teenage hoodies by the side of the road, intimidating passers-by, past the idiots in their 15-year-old rusting cars, bobbing through the traffic like they're extras from the Italian job, I thought to myself, a good podcast will probably help take my mind off this. Tech Fan is one of those podcasts. We're part of the MyMac.com family of podcasts, but we have a slightly broader scope. We're interested in talking about any sort of computing, video games, digital photography, audio equipment. Basically, if it's electronic and it's shiny and it floats our boat, then that's the sort of thing that myself and my co-host Tim Robson likes to talk about. So if you're stuck, like me, in the commute from hell going through an area that looks like a backdrop for the next Robocop movie, then perhaps you might want to give TechFan a try. saw someone on the train crying whilst listening to their iPod. The G-Man on the MyMac.com podcast. And welcome back. Well, we'd like to remind everybody, um, or we'd like to mention again, actually, about giving to the Red Cross through iTunes uh, and Amazon uh, for people with accounts linked to credit cards. Um, Just remember that neither Apple or Amazon are taking a cut, and that's obviously the uh, Red Cross. um, The Red Cross International. Yeah, for the, obviously, the disasters which have happened um, over in Japan. Yep. So please, if you can, uh, you know, Give generously to the Red Cross. They, you know, the people in Japan really, really need your help. 
And going just across the pond from there, uh, there's a story here I wanted to talk about really quickly in that uh, China closes 130,000 internet cafes in what some say is a bid to control the content seen by its citizens. Mm. Now, a, a lot of people in China have their internet connectivity through these cafes, and each one of them have to be licensed. And uh, as I was reading this, it was uh, I didn't put it here in the notes, but something I saw that is kind of the excuse that I guess the authorities are using to close a lot of them down is that you have to be 18 years or older to go into into these cafes. You can't be a juvenile and go into the cafes and use the Internet. Yeah, I, I'm really not up on, um, you know, Chinese political processes. And it, it, it seems as if they want to move into a more Western um, type of uh, citizenship. Really, things but like yeah, this. but still want to control their yeah, <laughs> control the yeah, citizens. Absolutely, but you know we're not condoning it because we're buying products that are made from that particular country, and until everybody stops, then nothing is going to change. Nope. You know, pre pressure from our governments are the only thing that's going to change it. But this is, you know, oh, you just can't imagine it. Really, you just can't imagine it. You know, if you couldn't get access to. Um, particular sites right. um we it's just an unconceivable for i think for us well there was there was uh, another thing I, I again i didn't put it in the notes and i, I, I should have I should say. yeah yeah in, in that there's been a disruption of uh google's gmail service in china and google is saying that it's china doing it not you know not a problem with their servers and what this really you know, I, I think that the the, the anti-government protests in the Middle East have caught a lot of people off guard, and in China as well. That there was there were several demonstrations that were called for, uh, but the police got wind of them through the same social networks that the protesters were using to organize, and had a large police presence ready in each one of the locations. And I, you know, it, it's just difficult for me to conceive of a society that that claims to want to be open and claims to want to you know have more contacts with you know other societies that yeah i'm not i'm not sure they claim to be open though guy to be honest with you oh. they might claim to be open with us or more open with the you know other countries but i'm not sure that they uh, claim quite so much about their you know giving them their citizens quite so much freedom as uh, as uh, we think so but that's that's a whole show in its own i think yeah yeah all right well let's let's move on from that then um one of the other stories that kind of caught my eye there was a software company called blaze that tested the iphone os and the android <laughs> os to, to check and see which one would load web pages faster and according to blaze's original results android came out ahead by yep. about 50 percent taking yep. you know, taking 50 percent less time to load the only problem was they weren't using iOS's Safari browser for the test. What, but what was what was funny about that story was I, I heard it uh, actually on the radio, to be honest with you, um, in the UK. And it was uh, on a, a Radio 5, which is like the BBC Radio 5. It's a national sure. radio station. Um, and somebody brought this up and then picked up the fact that they hadn't been testing it on the latest Safari browser. Um, or the latest on the latest um, iOS 4.3, uh, 
and they were asked the question and they went um uh, um oh um haven't we <laughs> oh, did we did we uh, not we'll, do we'll that get, we'll get back to you <laughs> yeah well well it's even worse than that because the browser they were using was the one that that's built into the OS for developers to test their own applications. So it, yeah. it, it doesn't yeah. take advantage of speed improvements that Safari has over that, you know, and, and I mean, they're both internal browsers to the OS, but one is intended to be used for actually surfing the web and the other one really isn't. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, I think that, that there were a couple of flaws in that one. So um, if you saw that story, um, take it with a pinch of salt at this stage. Yeah, there was there was another company called Gomez, which builds mobile sites for devices like Android and the OS, and they had a counterclaim that states that Safari for iOS is much faster is much faster than Android. One of them is obviously wrong, but when you get right down to it, it's a matter of mere seconds. But but I've got to say. Let, let, let's put it this way. Competition is good. Yes. So everybody seeing that somebody else has got a faster web browser or faster experience on their device means that the other company will obviously try and match them, which means that the device that you're buying, because you're probably going to buy the device and not the device for the browser that it happens to be running um, for all of the other applications that you can do with those devices. But this, you know, the fact that they're trying to keep up with speeds and making sure that the experience is great is good for everybody. Yep. Uh, last story <laughs> before we, uh, we take a break. Um, now, Gaz, I don't know if you've ever heard of this game. This was a game that Bungie put out in the late nineties called myth and then its sequel myth two. Well, I've heard of it, but I've never played it, I must admit. Uh, it's it's an amazing game. Uh, basically, you've got this, this rolling landscape that you can turn in, in like 360 degrees in any direction, and you have certain fighters, and the bad guys have certain fighters, and you kind of move them toward each other. But the cool thing is, I mean, there's like long-range weapons with archers and, and little dwarfs that throw bombs and can plant my... I mean, it's really it was a really cool game. Was and, it the World of Warcraft of its day? Uh, sort of. Warcraft was actually out, but it was a, it was a different type of game right. than Myth. Okay. And, of course, Microsoft bought Bungie, and... Myth, oh, yeah, yeah. Myth kind of fell off to the wayside as most of the people that were that remained with the company were focused on getting out Halo for the Xbox and Windows. And the it was the game was picked up by this company called Take Two, and they actually released a third myth game called The Wolf Age, but it had a lot of bugs, and right after its release, Take Two fired or released almost all the developers of the game. Whoops. Yeah, exactly. But there is hope for people that want to try this game and I, I highly recommend it uh something called project magma uh-oh it looks like it uh I, I see why you're liking this why exploding zombies yes yes i love exploding zombies <laughs> you're so predictable i am i am like well, I, I i can't help it but project magma ha has been keeping the game going and i think they're up to version 7.2 of, of the original engine and they've got like all different types of of new content that you can download so if you have if if you if you're interested in this game and and you can get the demo for free now what i wasn't able to find out was if you wanted the full version of the game 
was that also available from Project Magma, or did you have to buy it from, you know, like an older version from eBay or, or Amazon or something like that? But if you visit Project Magma, and there'll be links in the show notes, you can download the demo and try it for yourself. Cool. But it is a really, really cool game. And, Gaz? I, I think, everybody, that we're ready for our next break. We are. So, so stand by to stand by, and we'll be right back. <laughs> you do that so well. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, my Mac listeners, Sam Levin here with App Minute. If you want the latest and greatest of app news information about cool things regarding apps, that means anything application-related, software, hardware peripherals, iPhone, iPod Touch, iPad, Android, you name it, you got to listen to App Minute. Check out AppMinute.com, one of the many, many cool, cool shows of the MyMac family. All right, thanks a lot from Sam Levin of AppMinute.com. Suitably preserved and artificially sweetened. The G-Men on the MyMac.com podcast. And welcome back to the MyMac.com podcast. Take two. (laughs) Uh, Ambrosia Software was kind enough to send both Gaz and myself a uh, a download code for a new game that they have for the Mac called Mondo Solitaire. And this is pretty much the same version of this game that you can get on the iPad. And it's a lot of fun on the iPad as well. And, you know, I'm not sure what to say about it other than it's it's a solitaire game that has a lot of different solitaire games yeah absolutely i I mean when they send it to me and 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 they full disclosure they did say you know it's very difficult to get excited about solitaire games which was which was a fair point but actually well i'm not gonna say i got excited about (laughs) (laughs) but but what i did find was the fact that there are so many different solitaire games available on here there's hundreds of them there are literally hundreds you could spend a year playing all of the different versions of solitaire that there are available and probably more years than that trying to figure out how each one of them were played (laughs) <laughs> and uh, obviously you can set your desktop and the different card playing surface and yeah. all of that and all the different type of cards all the all the normal uh, fun stuff that you you know you play about with to start off with until you find your, your the one that you like but it's it's all of the different card games that are there and they say that there are hundreds of games and I haven't counted them all but there are hundreds of games and there are like multiple versions of some of them like uh, as i'm going through the list here there's one called alaska i have never even heard 
of a solitaire game called Alaska, and they have five versions of it. <laughs> well, there's always lots of variants of solitaire games, isn't there? So, you know, some people do like to play their variant, their particular variant of a solitaire game. So it's there. Now, you you said to me that you've got it on the iPad. Yes, yes, I do. How do you, how do you like it on the iPad? Because uh, the, the one that we're talking about in particular was was for the Mac, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, this so. is the, uh, the one we're talking about right now, and the one that we got the code for was for the Mac. It looks exactly the same as the version that you you get on the iPad of course um there's a few there's a few more options as far as you know what kind of cards you can use and all the rest of it but it it's essentially it's the very very same game so if you've tried Mondo Solitaire for the iPad you're going to like Mondo Solitaire for the Mac and the best yeah. part is it's not expensive it's 10 bucks yeah and it's and if you want to try it there's there's a free trial yeah which which is great so and, and yeah, there'll be there'll be a link in the show notes for it. And Ambrosia just puts out some really really good software. I use I use two of their programs every single week to do the podcast. Yeah, we like Ambrosia. I I like Ambrosia as well because they do. Quiet, you kids. Sorry, that was the low, that was the wrong one. This is the one I meant to do. Okay, well and I blew it, so it doesn't really matter. You did anyway. blow it. I, I mean, did. I did. Get. I, I was going to go, can you stop, please? <laughs> I was going to go with, I like Ambrosia cream rice, but that would be a joke probably lost on most people. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> now you've hit it right. Yeah, okay. okay, all right, yeah. Moving on. Moving on. Uh, this is actually our last story for the evening. Wow. Wowzers. Wowzers. Holy cow. Uh, Adobe and oh wait, hold on, hold on. I gotta, I got, I gotta find it. There it is. There it is. <laughs> Adobe makes a program. Get a grip, guy. Get a grip, will you? Adobe makes a program that uh, Apple has refused to allow so far into the iOS, and of course, it's called. And I don't think it's really the savior of any universe. You do realize that I play air guitar whenever you play that. Oh, do you want me to do it again? <laughs> no! no. <laughs> oh. There seems to be no sign of intelligent life anywhere. Yeah, well, that's kind of the way the show is going. So they claim that Flash for the Web is here forever, but has have slowly but surely rolling out tools to take existing Flash content and make it HTML5 H.264 friendly. The latest one is called Gaz. Wallaby. <laughs> I can't do it. I can't, I can't do it. It's Wallaby, mate, isn't it? It's, it's Wallaby. No, wallaby. I, it just doesn't sound right when I do it. Now, the tool itself, it's an Adobe Air application that works boing, on boing, boing. The Mac and Windows computers. <laughs> Oh my god. I'm sorry folks. I oh. really it's not it's not going well tonight. Is <laughs> That's it? all right. I must apologize for me interrupting guy midstream. Oh no, you've never done that before. <laughs> <laughs> so basically you drag and drop or browse for I am going to interrupt you though, guy. <laughs> Can I go back? It says well, Adobe sure. claims that Flash for the Web web is here forever. Not if everybody buys an Apple iPad, it's not. <laughs> that's <you>. true. <laughs> well, I mean that that's one of the and you know when when you see commercials for Android phones, and they don't do it so much anymore, but for a while, 
all the Android phones were going, you know, uh, uh, this is the latest Android muckamuck phone, and it does Flash. Yeah. And every single time I'd see that in a commercial, I'd be like, really? Yeah. That's what that's where you're going with this. That that's <laughs> that's the feature that you think is going to draw people to your phone is yes. flash. Yes. Yeah. Hmm. So anyway, this back this, to the story. Back to the story. <laughs> this program called Wallaby. Um, you, you basically drag and drop or browse for uh, flash formatted files, and Wallaby will spit it back out containing HTML, SVG, CSS, and other files. Uh, it's meant to be kind of a starting point that can then be edited with other web development software programs. And I, I, as I look at this, you know, we'll tell you what, look, before I even go there, uh, for the technically minded, Wallaby translates the following vector graphics to SVG, bitmaps to IMG elements and JPEG files, text to P elements or SVG text, flash timeline to a group of CSS animations, action script, sound, video, and other assets are discarded ah so mm. you know considering that this now this isn't the first type of program that adobe's put that adobe has put out that does this or something similar to it uh to me this kind of looks like adobe is blinking in the fight between ios and flash now the, their recent struggles to come up with a version of flash for mobile devices that is actually good and doesn't suck the life out of devices like, you know, the iPhone and the iPad and Android phones. This has been going on for almost two years. Yeah. And they're just now, I understand that for uh, Android 3.0 Honeycomb, they finally have a product that they're going to ship. But whether this will address all of the concerns that Apple has with battery life and performance hasn't and really been said. And that's the thing, Guy. I think, you know, I think those are the ads. I've got to realize that, you know, okay, you can do Flash, but if you use Flash too much, it just sucks the life out of your machine. And if, if it means that your machine is only going to be running for, you know, three or four hours rather than the six or seven hours that you advertise, and you're still not getting anywhere near the 10 hours that the iPad does, you know, bye-bye product. Yeah, and, and and that's why they've got to do it. They've suddenly realised they've got to pull a finger out of the pan. I've always thought that Apple might put Flash back onto the iPad if Adobe pulled the finger out and produced a product which was worthy of being on there. I know that some people disagree with me on that, and um, they're they're probably right to be honest with you. But you know, I, I would like to think that Apple would consider it if um, they produced a decent enough product. But do, do I miss it on the the iPad? No, I don't think I do really. No, as a matter of fact, there are very few websites that I go to on a regular basis that are so reliant on Flash that I can't go to them on an iOS device. And they're, they're more likely older ones, to be honest with you. Yeah, I, I think more and more people are moving away from it, and eventually, you know, Adobe has to I think they're right. It won't disappear completely. It, it's no. a bit like Windows 95. You'll still find it. <laughs> And, and uh, Internet Explorer 9, isn't that out now, too? <laughs> yes. Uh, as is Firefox 4. I don't know if you, if you, uh, if you uh, saw yeah. that. Is, it, is, is the actual uh, Firefox 4 out now, or is it still a beta version? Because I've, I've heard a few people saying it's really good. No, it's out now. I, I, oh. haven't, I haven't downloaded it myself just before I, I left Well, work. I'm a Safari man, to be honest with you. I just use Safari. I'm, I'm quite happy with Safari. I, I know, again, that some people don't like Safari, and I, I've got another friend of mine who, who says, you know, it, he can't stand the amount of time oh. it takes to open. But I don't have a problem with it. I've got patience. 
Well, <laughs> yeah, how long how long it takes the program to open really isn't that important as compared to once it's up and running. Yeah. How fast does it operate at that point? Well, now, I've got I've got Firefox three point whatever. It, do, it does if you don't like leaving a, a browser window open, and that's something I don't. I, I tend to leave a lot. Of, you know, I tend to shut down my apps. Yes, I know it. Yeah, no, no, I do the same thing. Windows, but I do tend to shut down apps, and and that includes the browser, even though I know that the browser is going to be the one application that I'm going to be opening up again in probably five minutes' time. Yeah, I mean, my life is. You know, not so empty that I can't spare five seconds for an application to load. Oh, mine is. Oh, okay. Well, that's good then. <laughs> so, but, but I mean, I've I've tried I've tried Chrome, I've tried Fire Fire uh, Firefox Firefox. Firefox. Wow, boy, this is just uh, tongue tied. Put your teeth today. in and get uh, on with it. Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> and uh, and of course Safari and um, some of the other uh, Mozilla variants like SeaMonkey and, and things along those. My wife actually uses SeaMonkey for both her email client and her web browser on her MacBook, and she's very happy with it. Yeah. Uh, but most of the most of the Mozilla based web browsers, I find to be just slow. Yeah, and it, well, I would rather yeah. worry about the speed on the the front end. Or the back end than on the front end. So if yeah, it takes I, an extra five seconds for Safari to open but, as compared to Firefox, I'm not that fussed about it. No, the, the thing is, you know, the, the, Firefox certainly, I'm, I'm hearing it's a lot snappier, but they, they have so many plugins. That's the thing. I know you can do plugins with um, with Safari, and I've got one or two, but not very many. And to be honest with you, everybody kept going on about, you know, how good um, you know, Firefox was with all the plugins, and to be honest with you, I went through a few of the plugins and then forgot the plugins that I'd got. I just I don't use my browser to be an application; it's a browser. Yeah, yeah. And as a matter of fact, you know, do you know what I think one of the the number one plugins for Firefox is? Go on, AdBlock, <laughs> which basically blocks all Flash content. Now, this is this is the thing that makes me crazy. Okay, for years. Since like 2005, 2006, when people were talking about their web experience, oh, oh, you still see ads? Oh, well, I'm using Adblock, so I don't see any of those Flash ads. But now all of a sudden, Apple comes out with the iOS and says, you know what? We're not going to let Flash on air because it's a resource hog. All of a sudden, Flash is wonderful. Oh, I love Flash. I couldn't live my life without Flash. It's like, look, make up your mind. All right, if you don't like Flash because of the ads and you're using a browser that has ad block, yeah, you can't are, use I, Flash on those, on those yeah, browsers. Yeah, I know. I, 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 you know, to give, give those people a little bit of defense here because I feel that they probably need it. Um, <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> they're seeing two different things there. They're seeing ads and content, not flash ads and flash content. Well, yeah, but they, they, it both comes down to the same thing. Though, yes, I know it does, Guy, but th that's not how they're seeing it. And it's not how I'd see it either. I know the difference and I've you know, worked it out. And I've obviously I've got the flash block on, on Safari, so it, it blocks any flash content. And I have to authorize that content to start if I want to see it. But, you know, people would see that as content and ads. They don't, they don't see it as flash. They see it as content and ads. It's two different things, so... I know I can see where they're coming from in defense of those people. 
And God knows they probably need it. No, well, that's being a bit. <laughs> now, have you gotten the new uh, update for OS ten? Oh uh, yes, I've got a little story about that as well. But oh, we'll, go ahead. Well, all right. I I updated all my machines um, as soon as I got it. I don't know whether I, as soon as it was available. Don't know whether I should have done it or not, but I did. Um, and all of a sudden, I got to. I use Echofun as my Twitter. Um, client mm-hmm. and i got um why am i mentioning echo fun i don't know why i mentioned echo fun because it's dropbox that caused me a problem um <laughs> it, and i used um i used dropbox like a lot of people and it put two Dropbox uh, icons in my menu bar oh really yeah so i tweeted this actually earlier this evening and uh, a twitter friend uh, who i converse with using Echophon, <laughs> perhaps that's why i was going to mention it um called uh, mark dalton said uh, have you looked in your login items? And I looked in my login items, and there was two instances of Dropbox. Now, before the update, I only had one instance. After the update, I had two instances of Dropbox. So if you're out there and you've suddenly found in your menu bar that you've got two instances of an application which is on auto startup, after you've um, moved over to 10.6.7, send us an email, but it could be that it's just in your login items in under system preferences. Okay, I well, I, I I don't use that program, so I haven't seen it. You um, use Dropbox. I use Dropbox, but I don't I don't use uh, what was the other thing you said? So Echofon, but it's Dropbox, yeah. which which had the the two icons in my menu bar. Oh, oh, okay. okay. That's why I say I, I I mentioned Echofon, but I got absolutely no reason why. I don't know why. It was just in front of me. You know, I'm easily I'm easily put off. All right, <laughs> I'm so confused. Yes. Yeah, so um, I'm just to confuse you and the listeners. <laughs> For the, so, ten point six point seven has now been released with more marshmallow surprises. Uh, actually, it's more about this. It impo- improves the reliability of Back to My Mac, resolves an issue when transferring files to certain SMB servers, addresses various minor Mac App Store issues, and most importantly, various security security related issues. Some of which are supposed to be because of the pwn-to-own contest vulnerabilities. I'm really getting a lot of use out of that tonight. You are tonight. (laughs) So uh, if if your machine is capable of running 10.6, make sure you go out and and get this update, and it'll clear up uh, probably 90% of the the pwn-to-own stuff until next year when they tell us about more of them. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I did hear actually something though, which um, I haven't yet tried, uh, and that is that you can't. Oh, that's not right. I'm seeing it working straight away for me. I heard somebody was struggling actually dragging items out of the uh, Finder menu bar or out of the Finder sidebar, um, but I've just tried it and it seems to work fine. So maybe it was just again, their machine. Possibly, possibly. You know, I mean, there there are a lot of Finder plugins. That every single time one of these updates come up, like I use Total Finder, which does a, a variety, gives me tab menus on the Finder and so on and so forth. And when I sat down in the machine tonight, you know, just before I talked to you, uh, there was an update for it already. So, you know, Total Finder, as well as a lot of the other companies that make Finder plugins, probably kind of, I'm, I'm sure that they've got the developer version of the update before anybody else gets it. And that gives them a chance to kind of update, you know, whatever it is that their program is doing. So hopefully people won't be left in the lurch. Yep. And I think, uh, I think that's about it. 
I think it is. Yep. Now you've got you you got something um, in here about next week. Yeah, yeah. Next week, um, I haven't heard back from Bill yet. Uh, hopefully, there won't be any problems. Uh, Bill Palmer, who is a longtime friend of the MyMac.com podcast, uh, he, originally he was doing his own podcast called iProng Radio, and that was the name of his site as well. Well, now he's doing Beatweed Magazine, and we're trying, to, and hopefully he'll be on next week. And even even more news along those lines, because we we love having other people on the show. Is that Don McAllister, also a longtime friend of uh, not only only of the podcast but of, of you and me personally from Screencasts Online? Hey, well, my wife just poked her head in and said hi. Hi, honey. Hi. <laughs> hi. Hi. Hello. Gas Hello. is high. And uh, Don McAllister from Screencasts Online. Hopefully, uh, we'll be on in the next week or two, and it'd be great to have him on. It will. It will. Now, do you we'll have, have an we'll app? Have two, we'll, have, we'll have two nitwit Brits. Yeah. Do you have an app this week, Gaz? I, I do. I didn't until about 10 minutes ago. <laughs> um, <laughs> I scared you into it. You did. You frightened the life out of me. Um, I, <laughs> I do I've that been, to a lot of people. It, well, yeah. um, <laughs> I've been using something which um, has been doing the rounds recently, and I think I think it is available in the Mac App Store. I'm pretty sure you get it through the Mac App Store. Uh, it's currently free. Um, they do have what they call a um, special pre 1.0 price for a Power Pack update, uh, which uh, lets you do all sorts of extra special things. But Alfred is, well, they call it a productivity application. Um, it allows you to search your local computer and the web with basically all keyboard actions uh it comes up a little bit like the um like quicksilver did um and you can obviously map it to go to particular websites directly or you can just map it so that it will do a search uh on the web or as i said it'll search your local computer you can also use it as uh an itunes library uh browser uh, it can perform actions and move emails, go to emails, um, all sorts of stuff. And it, it, it'll also be uh, an app launcher for you if you want it to launch apps. And I'm starting to use it more and more. Um, and that's called Alfred. So if you, that's A-L-F-R-E-D. Um, it's free. Go and give it a go. And if you need the power pack, well, that costs currently, I think it's £12. So I'm not quite sure how much that is in. It's in, probably about uh, like in 20 Yankee bucks. Yankee dollar. It's probably about 20 bucks. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, uh, the the free option on its own is is pretty good actually. I have got surprise surprise an iOS game. <laughs> I'm sorry, as I, I you know I, every single week I, I look through my Mac apps and it's like ooh yeah that might be kind of that might be kind of cool and then all of a sudden I get distracted by something in iTunes and it's like ooh shiny so I, I've got to go over here and, and and do this other thing and it's. Um, I'm I'm a, a big fan of the the Need for Speed games that I've played on various consoles. I've always had a good time with it. One of the ones that I really really liked back in the PS2 days was Need for Speed Hot Pursuit, where you're being chased by the police, and it was kind of an open environment, and you just had to get away from them. It's a lot of fun. I always loved that game. Well, now they've got one for the iPad, uh, Need for Speed Hot Pursuit. Now they also have one for the iPhone. But I like the iPad version a little bit better. Right. And it's, you know, 10 bucks, which is kind of pricey for a, an I, you know, an iOS game. But well let, let me ask you this then, sure. because as you said that, 
Do you think it's got long-term usability? Yes. Uh, you can, I mean, besides playing the, uh, the regular standalone version of the game, you can play it online as well. So that by itself cool. will, will add a lot of, you know... F- longevity. Yeah, longevity to the game. And cool. I, just, I just like those kinds of games. Okay. <laughs> we'll let you off then. Yeah, you know, I mean, the, being able to, to take a car and smash it into a wall and you know, not go through the windshield or something like that, I just yeah, enjoy not, that. And not actually hurt anybody is, is pretty good then. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I, think, uh, I think that's going to be it for the night, Gaz. How, I think it is. How can people get a hold of you? They can contact me at gaz at mymac.com or over on the Twitters at twitter.com forward slash gazmaz. And uh, I can be reached too. Can you? I'm yeah. not really bothered. Uh-huh. Well, yeah, I talk less because you talk to me every week. <laughs> Go on, guys. Tell, tell us how people can, really can contact you really, if they really want to. Really, really. It's uh, guy at mymac.com or twitter.com forward slash macparrot. And, of course, uh, the old standby that goes through Fearless Leader Tim, feedback at mymac.com. And uh, as we mentioned earlier, we do have a Skype number, Mystery Caller. Please call us back. It's area code 703-436-9501. And I don't know, actually, I I hadn't talked to you about this, Gaz, but I, I just remembered this as we were getting close to the end. We actually have two more iTunes comments. I did see your tweet on that, actually, Guy, and yay, yay, yay. Yeah, it it thrills me to no end. So thank you, James Walker. Yay. And I'm not so sure about this other guy here, Seberus, or is that Cerebus? It's an evil sounding name. Well, but it, thanks it, for the comment. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you just, you just completely insulted him. I didn't mean to. Yeah, you have an evil name, but that's okay. We appreciate your comment. Thank you, thank you so much for leaving an iTunes comment. All hail Satan. I got it. <laughs> oh, guy. Oh, bye bye. Oh. And of course, it's, it's on behalf of behalf of everybody being sensible and you know normal. I'm we're sorry. I'm sorry. Guy's not because he. <laughs> no, no. I, I'd say it again in a minute. It's just the way I am. So <laughs> I think. Uh, I, I, I think, think I need to, to go. Yeah, I, I need to take you my meds. Go, yeah, you need take to go a nap. I, I need a nap. I really do. So, <laughs> everyone, thanks so very, very much for downloading the podcast. We really do appreciate it. We really appreciate the iTunes comments and all the feedback from Twitter and email and Skype and, and all the, the several thousands of ways that we can be gotten a hold of, none of which we're going to uh, go over again right now. Wake up. Gaz, wake up. We're almost done. <laughs> so uh, I guess that's it thanks everyone and have a great night thanks for downloading the mymac.com podcast please send all feedback to feedback at mymac.com or call our Skype number and leave a message the phone number is 703-436-9501 if you enjoyed the mymac.com podcast make sure you check out the other family of podcasts all from MyMac.com and all free on iTunes, including The Geekiest Show Ever, App Minute with Sam Levin, 
and tech fan with Tim Robertson. Hey, welcome back to the MyMac.com podcast. We appreciate you being here. I have no idea where I was going with that, but I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm just going to keep going anyway. Um, something that uh, both both Gaz and I received a uh, a download code from Ambrosia Software for you know in in you know for full disclosure. F- uh, hold on. Damn it. <laughs> so stupid. So stupid. All right, I'm going to start again. Yeah, probably best. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'll put it at the end so everyone can hear how I screwed up. Jack and Jill went up the hill to get a pail of water. Silly Jill forgot her pill, and now they have a daughter. <laughs> 